that's okay. Great. Mm. Thank you, God, so much for Mo and for the words you've given him to share with us tonight. Pray that you fill him now again with a fresh anointing of your spirit, that um, you would fill his heart and his mind with words that will inspire us and lead us to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, Joy asked me to um, speak tonight, and I really, as I was sort of like trying to find a topic to talk about, uh, kept on getting the word joy coming back to me. Um, hence why this talk's called Finding Joy in God's Presence. So I wonder if you've ever been given something that has filled you with so much joy that you were desperate to tell someone or everyone you knew about it. Uh, with Christmas just around the corner, I'm so excited for it. Uh, and can we just agree that these decorations look absolutely amazing in church, don't they? They look brilliant. Even at the front of church, it just looks amazing. I thought I'd share an example of a Christmas present that filled me with joy. Back in 2008, my dad bought me a PS3 for Christmas. Sadly, that's no longer working after all these years of using it. It only broke, I think, about a month ago. Uh, but I remember the moment that when I opened that present, I lost interest in all of the other ones. I wanted to tell all my school friends immediately so that we could start playing games of FIFA online together. I hope that gives you an idea about my teenage years and how much gaming I probably did and why my grades began to suffer. Or what about a person who, when you're in their presence, fills you with joy? It could be a best friend, it could be a member of your family. And that person is there for you for more than just small talk or company. They actually allow you to be yourself and feel comfortable when you're talking to them. Or it could be a significant other who brings you so much joy being around them. However, when they leave for work in the morning, you suddenly feel a bit sad because they're no longer there. Last year, when I was going through a period of unemployment, I always found it difficult when my wife, Beth, uh, would have to leave for work in the morning, resulting in me being at home alone for hours. Although I did have my PS3, so... Um, <laughs> uh, that's going to be an interesting one tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, the difference between humans and God is that God is always present. And the joy he gives us is not a circumstantial joy. It's an everlasting joy that has been promised to us for eternity. I want to look at three biblical examples of people finding joy in God's presence and also look at why he gives it to us. Firstly, King David was someone who loved spending time with God. Ali actually read Psalm 16 earlier, and the passage that I was, uh, or the verse that I was going to look at was verse 11, the last one, where... David says, you, God, make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I love the middle part of that verse. You fill me with joy in your presence. Clearly, David notices that in the presence of God, there is joy. And if you ever want to find that joy, you'll need to spend time with God. David relied on God throughout his whole life. His successes and joy were not because of what he'd done in his own strength. Rather, it was because of his willingness to spend time and dwell in God's presence. And you've probably heard the phrase, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, David knew that before it was written. 
David knows who his creator is and knows that there is nothing he can do in his own strength. And David then finishes that psalm acknowledging that God provides eternal pleasures. Not temporary, eternal. He gets it. Yes, David wasn't perfect throughout his whole life. But right there and then, when he was writing that psalm, he was fully aware of where true joy came from and whose presence he had to be in to receive it. As I mentioned earlier, it's one month until Christmas, and of course, I couldn't go ahead with this talk about using a verse from the Nativity, could I? So in Luke 2, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And then in verse 20 it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's the good news that the angel had announced. God himself is coming. He shall be called Emmanuel. That same Emmanuel that was promised in Isaiah 9 as mighty God. What is he coming for? Oh, don't worry, that's for later. Right now, joy is coming to the world as a baby, and you are here to witness him. His name is Jesus, and what he's going to do is going to turn your whole world upside down. The shepherds, yes, shepherds, not religious rulers or those in the temples. No, shepherds learn about the joy coming into this world. And he's not here to be the Messiah for a select few. No, 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 no. He's here to bring joy to everyone including those who are left out in the field, cast away from society and rejected. Now do you understand why when they, those shepherds returned back to the field, they had to glorify and praise God. They had been in God's presence. They had seen God there. J. Ryan Lister puts it wonderfully when he says, I want us to see God present in Christ, the long-awaited Messiah who is Emmanuel, the glory of God, the better temple, and the Son of God. When we understand Christ as the fulfillment of these promises, we understand him as the greatest expression of the redemptive presence of God. It is in Christ that God draws near to complete redemption and consummate his redemptive agenda. Once Jesus had redeemed creation on the cross, that everlasting joy will be within us, and all we have to do is simply invite him into our lives. And lastly, I'm going to look at a few verses written by one of Jesus' disciples. 
It's actually a favorite passage of mine. And one that I actually love returning to because there's so much packed into them. It's from 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Now notice the excitement in the words when I read them. I'm going to use the message translation because it pushes the excitement behind John's word. But any other translation, if you read it, you can really sense the excitement when he, uh, when he's been, when he was writing it. So it says, From the very first day, we were there, taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. The experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. Can you hear the excitement behind those, verse, those verses? John was there. In these four verses, he is the keenest bean. He's now in his old age, but is still telling everyone about Jesus. He's experienced God on this earth. He saw Jesus walk, talk, breathe, and do miracles. He knew exactly what it was like to experience joy in God's presence. And now, having been given the Holy Spirit, which was promised by Jesus to his followers in chapter 14 of John's Gospel, John is filled with everlasting joy and is desperate to see others experience that same joy. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. I love that. He wants us all to be in God's presence. And he wants us all to tell everyone about the gift of joy that is, being, that is given by being in God's presence. What Jesus has done on the cross has allowed God to be with us through the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, with him comes joy. The Holy Spirit now dwells within us. His relationship with us is stronger than it was before God came to earth. So when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we're asking for an increased sense of the presence of God. We are calling on God to increase the joy he gives us. If or when you are out on the streets tonight on the prayer walk, say those three words, come Holy Spirit. It may seem daunting saying but it can bring you joy. And that joy is so powerful. So powerful, you'd want to tell others about it like John did. I'm going to close with that prayer. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit into the room this evening. Could I just invite you just to close your eyes? If you feel comfortable, just stretch your hands out in front of you. And simply say, come Holy Spirit. Be aware of his presence dwelling inside you. Come Holy Spirit. Listen to his voice. 
Encounter the joy that comes from being in his presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of you might be feeling that joy right now. Come, Holy Spirit. If you aren't feeling it, don't worry. God isn't ignoring you. Just enjoy spending time with him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just whilst you're praying, I just want to read Zephaniah 3, 17 and 19. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors. I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. Come, Holy Spirit.